Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Today, we welcome Dr. Chris Dwyer. 
And Chris is a postdoctoral researcher in the School of Health Sciences and lecturer in the Center for Adult Learning and Professional Development at the National University of Ireland. And he is also the author of Critical Thinking, Conceptual Perspectives and Practical Guidelines, published by Cambridge University Press. And today we talk about critical thinking. And obviously, this is a very important part of our lives and something that we can cultivate and really now more than ever, something important to have with the amount of knowledge and information that is thrown at us every day and certainly during pandemic times and these political times. And Really, individually and in our relationships, it's important to cultivate this skill. And Dr. Dwyer talks about how we can do this and why we need to realize that we just don't know everything. And maybe you have a partner who seems like they always want to dig their heels in and and defend their position like they know everything. And that can be extremely frustrating. And Dr. Dwyer talks about how we can think about that situation and I don't want to say deal with it, but navigate it with our partner and develop critical thinking together. So we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. And as always, we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. And we would love for you guys to check out our website. We have a ton of free resources on there, including our 14-day happy couple challenge, all the information about our course, um, as well as a ton of free guides that are linked up with a lot of the episodes that we've done in the past. So we hope you guys check that out and enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. No problem, Sarah. Thanks very much for having me. Chris, today we're going to talk about an area that you've written a book on, doing research on, and that we think is important for, and I'm sure you do as well, obviously, for all aspects of life, and that is critical thinking. And there's a lot of directions we could go with this conversation, and we're excited to learn about your research. And obviously, being a relationship advice podcast, we want to learn how we can develop this skill of critical thinking, share it with our partner, maybe if our partner's not engaging in it as much as maybe they could, and just use it as a tool to move through life in a in a better way. So let's start by having you tell us how you think of critical thinking and how, through your research, you've seen us be able to develop it as a practice. That's a, that's a great question, Chase. Thanks very much. Um, yeah. Um, how, how do we develop it? it well, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it really comes down to not age or, 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 you know, intelligence or anything like that, really. But, you know, even though, even though they, they play a role, it's, it's really about, you know, being presented um, 
opportunities to engage in critical thinking and, and taking those opportunities um, and, and, and practicing. You know, it, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, the practice of critical thinking is very important. And, you know, it, it's one of those things as well that even if you get really good at critical thinking, there's going to be topics that arise that, you know, spur in you some kind of emotional reaction, I guess, uh, where, you know, you, you might bypass that critical thinking and you might, you know, just kind of make decisions based on emotion. And, and that's, you know, one of the large problems um, that we might see in the world today. Uh, you know, this kind of lack of critical thinking, I guess, is kind of a, a criticism um, in terms of people just, you know, kind of act and, and make statements based on gut feelings, which, you know, is the complete, you know, polar opposite of critical thinking. So it's really about, you know, taking opportunities that you recognize need critical thinking and, and taking your time to kind of reflect on, on, you know, the variables in the situation and really consider them, you know, to make as best a, a solution or decision as you can. So I think you just answered my question. It was a very basic one of, could you tell us the difference between critical thinking and just thinking? But I think you, you know, explain at the very end of really taking the time to think about something and process it before you decide. Is that, is that a good way to explain it simply? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's a nice one. It's, it's a clear one. Um, but it is largely about taking time. Is there more to it than that? You know, in, in some ways, yes. In, in some ways that, you know, it, it's about acknowledging the way, the way I think, you know, the two simplest ways I can, I can kind of describe it is number one, taking, you know, taking it for, uh, you know, I don't, I, w- I don't want to say taking it for granted because we, we shouldn't take anything for granted, but taking for granted that you don't know everything and realizing that there's a certain level of uncertainty to everything. So if, if you go into a situation saying, I don't know and I want to learn more, well, that's a great, great kind of disposition that you want to have going into thinking. You know, it's, it's not about being overconfident. It's not about, you know, confidence at, at all. It's about, you know, I want to, want to learn the truth about something, which is, you know, great. But that's not always necessarily a, a, an issue with thinking. You know, if you're asked to think about something, you want to have confidence in your decision making. You want to, you know, have that kind of, you know, that, that feeling, I guess that gut feeling like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done. This is right. You know, the thing about critical thinking, it's the, it's the opposite end. You have to realize that you could be wrong and you have to be open uh, to that potentiality. Now, the other way of, of, of describing in a simpler way, I guess, is looking at it as, as playing devil's advocate. So, you know, if you make it, you know, if, if you, you're looking at some type of topic and, and you realize that, you know, it's, you know, like a kind of a 50-50 debate that, you know, people are on one side of the fence or the other, you know, you, you need to recognize what side of the fence you're on or what side, you know, your emotions are kind of leaning towards and then acknowledge that and be honest with yourself about that and say, right, well, I feel this way. Now I need to consider, consider it from the other point of view, you know? So it's, it's looking at both sides of the story and, and, and treating them with, uh, um, you know, with equal respect until, you know, you've critically considered, you know, uh, each side and then you can make a decision once you've given them both a fair shake, I guess. Let's dig into why this is not maybe natural or a practice that 
people are good at and especially in relationships because that's how i mean we think critically individually about things by ourselves but you've said a couple sentences that just make me think of an intimate relationship where one partner may not be open to the idea that they're wrong so you're trying to solve a, a disagreement with with let's say your partner and you just you're not going to get anywhere if if the other person can't even be open to the idea that they may not be right and this is obviously happening all the time in intimate relationships business relationships friends family so let's really dig into that and maybe you can tell us what's going on in that moment and the skills we can practice or and or maybe how we could communicate with a partner that's not even open to the idea that they're wrong, like how we can start that conversation and, and then move forward and think more critically. Yeah. Yeah. It, th- you see, that's a, that's a really tough one because, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of words, you know, um, emotion being one of them. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a foundational uh, aspect of, uh, of a relationship, whether, whether it's a good solid relationship or, you know, it's, 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 you know, a, a, a tough, you know, relationship that needs work you know emotion is always going to be part of any type of relationship and then i look at you know the way i described critical thinking before as well and i just think you know in terms of how i how i uh, um how i i act and how i think and you know like i try to practice what i i preach in terms of critical thinking and you know when i when i teach classes on it i say you know it's important to do this play devil's advocate and, you know, look at both sides of the story. But I said, you know, the only time I, I, I would recommend not doing that is, is when I, when I come home from work and I'm having a discussion with my wife and my wife says, you know, I, I think we're going to do this and here I am. And it almost sounds like I'm second guessing her, you know, <laughs> playing devil's advocate, trying to look at something from both sides, you know, and it's not that I'm questioning her. It's, it's that, you know, I'm, I'm working, working to understand the decision-making for myself. So she might say to me, you know, you're acting as if, you know, I haven't already considered this. And of course she's considered it. But, you know, here I am trying to to think out loud, trying to, you know, see if I concur with that. And, you know, a good working relationship involves a lot of um, collaborative decision making. So, you know, there requires, you know, that individual thinking to, you know, kind of ensure that you know you're on the same page so so it is tough and and the way in which you know i think the way in which we as individuals approach that that um that dialogue is very very important so here i am trying to you know you know i'm making the point that it's important to kind of highlight objectivity in in decision making and and how we you know communicate but at the same rate we also have to self-regulate ourselves and i think that's an important aspect of this self-regulate the way in which we communicate this kind of objective thinking if that if that makes sense (laughs) yeah can you talk a little bit about that how we can cultivate that skill of self-regulation yeah like i mean it's you know the thing about it is is that you know it, I, I wouldn't say it's an exact science. I wouldn't say, you know, it's, it's, it's a largely experience-based thing. It's about how, how people can kind of, you know, build a routine, build, build, you know, a behavior for themselves. You know, the thing about, you know, behavior is, is that, you know, we, we engage in behavior um, 
in a routine because it's it's worked for us in the past. So you know, if if it turns out like you know there was a positive outcome in 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 the way in which we've had a conversation with someone, you know, there's everyone leaves happy, then we're likely to engage in conversations and communication like that again in the future. And you know, that's probably how you know relationships build. That's you know how you know we strengthen relationships by communicating with each other and and ensuring that you know this 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 liking this loving uh, um, that happens is is reinforced but the problem is is that you know that's not always going to happen we're not always going to like the outcomes of a conversation so when disagreements you know arise and 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 we see that there is disagreement you know, that's, that's, that's the issue that, you know, we're like, well, I've engaged in this behavior that has otherwise been pretty positive for me. Why is it now becoming negative? So it's almost like the situation is going off script and, you know, there is a certain element of, of uncertainty then because now you're in an argument, you don't understand why, because, you know, this is very much against the routine of what's generally happened in the past. And so I guess, you know, I, you know, it becomes that the way in which we think and speak and act and everything in those kind of situations becomes very reactive as opposed to thought out. If if you get me, absolutely. And one of the things you mentioned of of just cultivating critical thinking is just the understanding going into a situation or a conversation or a meeting or a museum. The idea that you don't know everything and being open to that. And just it, to me, it's, it's like a state of being, but it does need to be practiced because I feel like I'm pretty open to ideas and things, but, but then also easily go back into the, the, the groove of what's comfortable. And if it's a political ideology, we tend to line up and, and if there's a particular, political stance in relation to healthcare, you might not even think about it because you just toe the party line. I think that's more common than not, unfortunately. So it's such a valuable skill to develop and work on. How can someone individually, you know, some exercises or some things to think about rather than just, I mean, obviously just thinking about this, bringing it to people's attention, but maybe something that you tell yourself to be open to the idea that you're wrong in the moment. And then, and again, going back to if we have a partner who it just seems like they're always digging their heels in and just not open to the idea that there's another angle here, how we can work on, you know, they got to do it for themselves, but how we can communicate with them to try to see that there's another side here. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the million dollar question, really. You know, the, the, the fact is, is that it's, it's hard enough to manage our own thinking and it's hard enough to manage all, all the kind of variables that can impede our thinking. So like emotion getting involved. And, and like I said, you know, before how, how, when we go off, off script, we get very reactive and, you know, when we get very reactive, emotion kind of creeps in and then you know, our motion, our, our thinking becomes very emotion led. And, you know, that's probably when, when fights start and arguments start and, 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 you know, the voices get raised and, and, and the like. 
And, and that's problematic, you know, but it's difficult enough to control your own emotion and your own thinking and, and trying your best where, you know, trying to, you know, in any way, shape or form, trying to manipulate, you know, that of your partners, I, I, I think would be incredibly difficult. Um, but the fact is, is that I think if, if this is something, you know, if a topic arises that you, you know, you both care about, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, one of the, the points that needs to be made first that, you know, listen, we both really care about this. We may not see eye to eye on every aspect of it, but because we care about it, let's talk about it, you know, in, in a calm, collected manner. And I think by reinforcing that concept of cool, calm, collected, that I think that, you know, kind of gives these opportunities, like I said, to engage critical thinking. So, you know, if, if, if it's, you know, kind of one of those situations where, you know, you can't agree on something and it always seems to turn into an argument, well, then, you know, something's wrong with the way in which, you know, communication is going. Obviously, you know, not everything should turn into an argument. Um, you know, I, I, I think about, you know, my wife and I, and, you know, we don't agree on, on everything, of course, but, you know, it's, it, we don't get into, you know, heated arguments about them either. You know, we do sit down and we, we have, you know, conversations, dialogues. And, you know, sometimes we, you know, one of us will say, you know, I see your point. You know, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, minds get changed from time to time. You know, it's because we, I think we make that conscious effort to not let emotion um, get, you know, take, take hold. It's about, you know, letting, letting, you know, or valuing, I guess is a better way of putting it. You know, if you value reason, reasoning and, and, and you value logic, and you value the concept of actually getting a good solution out of this, then, you know, I think you're more likely to do that. I think, you know, if, if you have an axe to grind or, you know, you're mad at your partner for X, Y, or Z from, from the week before, you know, that, that may kind of trickle in, you know? So I think it's about kind of, if, if you're expecting the best out of them in, in, in terms of, you know, being open-minded and, and keeping emotion out of it, then I think, you know, we have to start in our own heads and we have to say, well, if I want my partner to act that way or react that way, well, then I have to, I have to, you know, play the same role. I have to, I have to be an example of, of, of what I expect. So, you know, I think if one person is cool and calm and, you know, you know, forgets about the sarcasm and forgets about, you know, any kind of emotionally loaded wording, I think, you know, building a routine like that and, and engaging like that over time, I think, will lead to very fruitful conversations. Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I was super stressed out with work for a while, and the stress was preventing me from moving forward professionally. Talking through my issues with my BetterHelp counselor really helped me move forward and get on a better path toward my goals. BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor from the comfort of your home. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours, and you can communicate with them via text, chat, phone, and video. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to leave your house. It's super convenient and helpful using BetterHelp. Once you use the service, it'll be super easy to see why so many people have been using BetterHelp. BetterHelp is growing so much that they 
have been recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener of the podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash I do. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash I do. This episode is also brought to you by Everplate. Everplate is America's best value meal kit, delivering filling, familiar, pre-measured ingredients with simple recipes directly to your door. And recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store or trying to organize all the ingredients for a new meal from scratch. That's definitely not my specialty. (laughs) Not only are Everplate's meals delicious and easy to prepare, but they're also super affordable. Even at full regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. Less time deciding what to cook means more time spent enjoying good food with family and friends. And every plate's easy to follow recipes and pre-portioned ingredients take the stress out of dinner time. And we all know that a stress-free dinner time with hungry kiddos or a hungry husband or wife is worth a million bucks. Stella and I actually cooked the French onion chicken recipe last night and it was so delicious. It was paired with roasted carrots, which Stella loves. So since she helped me make the recipe, she ate the whole entire plate, which it was so good. I know she probably would have eaten the whole plate anyway. So get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code I do three. Get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code I do three. Have you ever found in your research that somebody who is trying to really practice critical thinking almost crosses the line a little bit and uses that as a way to kind of convince people that they're not thinking properly and that, you know, they should change their beliefs based on the fact that they've really been critical in their thinking? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's that's one of the biggest issues going around right now, I think. Um I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Dunning-Kruger effect, but it's, it's more or less that uh, people who aren't, people have a tendency to rate themselves um, higher in kind of competencies like intelligence and critical thinking and like that, uh, that kind of thinking or, or in, in other kind of skill-based kind of scenarios. They think they're better than they actually are. And the people who are actually very skilled in those areas um, actually, you know, underestimate themselves. So the fact is, if someone thinks that they're a very good critical thinker, the chances are they're not a very good critical thinker. Um, the, the best critical thinkers are the are the quiet ones who who, who say nothing and you know uh, express their points of view in 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 you know logical ways and 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 show that uncertainty. Again, it's that idea of you know I'm trying to learn something here. You know that's that's a critical thinker. They want to 
to draw a reasonable conclusion. And, and, and so, you know, they'll investigate, they'll do the appropriate research and, and they they remain open-minded, you know, like knowledge changes over time. Like I, I grew up, you know, with, you know, being told in school that we have nine planets, you know, and now, you know, as of the past few years, you know, we actually have eight planets. And I, I think there's, you know, you know, I, I think that's an amazing kind of starting point for explaining, you know, what we have is critical thinking. You know, you have, I think you have two different types of people in the world, how they react to that news. You have the type of people who kind of say, you know, what's wrong with scientists? You know, they can't even count right. You know, is it eight or is it nine? What's going on here? Scientists know nothing. And, you know, this is all a load of, you know, rubbish. Why can't we just get the answers? And then you have, on the other end, you know, people who say, you know, how great science is and how it's adapting and changing every day. And because of greater understanding of how, how things are working uh, and, 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 you know, the relevant sciences involved, you know, that we're able to say, actually, it's eight planets and, you know, this, this what we thought was a ninth one is actually, you know, something else, a, a dwarf planet or, or whatever kind of terminology you want to use. So I, I think it, it kind of comes down to that. It's, it's that kind of, what do you value? What do you, do you look for? Do you, do you think, do you aim to think critically just to be right? Um, just to, you know, kind of show off how smart you are or... You know, are you critically thinking because you want to learn and you, you want to make the best decisions possible for, you know, yourself and your, and your family, you know? What are some tools to maybe, besides just the mindset, are there any exercises or like that example you just gave of like thinking about how we react to new knowledge? And this is something you address in your book, but like now more than ever, there's obviously more and more research science is discovering things we're learning things in all aspects of our worlds and that information is more available than ever and within that there's misinformation and this is right so it's like and and that's why critical thinking is is seems to be more important than ever so so just that example you gave with the planets maybe someone listening it can model that like as like, okay, like maybe I would, I would criticize the science and say, Oh, they, they don't even know what is what. Um, are there specific ways to, to cultivate that? And I'm thinking, especially with kids, it's so important and I'm, I'm going on here, but how much of critical thinking is genetic or, um, you know, nature versus nurture. I feel like if we're cultivating that in our kids early on, that's such a valuable tool to, to give them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, critical thinking is one of those things that there are a number of predictors around that. And they're both, you know, both nature, both nurture. Um, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that, you know, there's, there's a correlation between critical thinking and having like kind of higher analytic skills, cognitive skills, higher, higher uh, IQ, that kind of thing. But it is very much, you know, nurture as well, you know, uh, education is, you know, a phenomenal predictor of critical thinking, you know, the, you know, reading and, and, and all the things that we would equate with, you know, a, a very traditional way of thinking about intelligence. And, you know, we often look, you know, when we think about genetics and, 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 and genetic influences, you know, we often look at, you know, uh, you know, kind of 
parents, you know, it's like, oh, well, were, were the parents intelligent and, you know, do they value a good education and reading and intellectual activities and the like? But the fact is, is yeah, you can look at it genetically, but if, if, if those parents value those kind of things and they themselves made a point of educating themselves, you know, it's likely that, that that's what they're going to provide for, for their children as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much a genetic influence as much as it is, you know, a nurture influence. In that like, I mean, it's, it's, it's both, you know? Um, so, so the fact is, is that it really comes down to that kind of disposition. You know, there is a value element there of, you know, just because, you know, someone is, is very intelligent, you know, doesn't guarantee that they're going to say to themselves, well, you know, maybe I don't know. You know, maybe maybe having a higher intelligence will will make you um, more confident, arrogant, even in terms of you know what you actually know. So you know, there's a lot to be said for this you know concept of of um, I guess intellectual modesty, intellectual humility, uh, and I think that's kind of one of those problematic things in in this day and age. I think you you know you you, you kind of alluded to that with, with respect to this kind of. What, what I call the new knowledge economy, which, you know, has been around now 20 years since the real kickoff of, of you know, mass availability or mass access to the Internet. And there's a lot of misinformation. And the fact is, is people have a tendency to just jump to the gun uh, uh, with a lot of information that they receive. And maybe it's because, you know, and, and I am speculating here, so, but... You know, there's an element of, of I guess, in, we see it in social media. You want to be the first person to post this. You want to be, you know, you want people to like whatever you posted and share what you posted and thumbs up and this and that. You know, there's an element of urgency to that, I think. And because of that urgency, you know, maybe you're not afforded that time to go look up this information and actually cor- corroborate whether or not it's, it's legitimate. And so, you know, maybe that's one of the, the reasons why we have a lot of misinformation. Of course, there's a lot of, you know, emotionally toned information out there as well. But, you know, there's, there's so many factors that play into um, whether or not critical thinking is going to be engaged. So going back to this, this idea of, you know, what predicts critical thinking, you know, obviously, you know, intelligence and, 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 and certain kind of genetic factors there. But then again, nurture factors there, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, okay, you know, that, that's a a predictor of, of, of critical thinking there, but that doesn't guarantee that that critical thinker is going to think critically in each and every situation, because if that was the case, then we'd have, you know, we'd have people out there who don't make mistakes and that's just, you know, that's not realistic. What would you tell someone? And I know you mentioned this a, a little bit, but that it really starts with ourselves and, and taking this perspective, but in a relationship, how can we communicate with a partner or let's say, Hey, I listened to this podcast on critical thinking and it got me thinking about how I want to cultivate it in, in my life. And, and the other person is just adamant, right? Like the Dunning Kruger effect is going on and cognitive biases and all these things. And they're digging their heels in and, and they're just like, I don't, I don't need to do anything different. I'm good. <laughs> um, what, how can we get through to them? Like, uh, I, and obviously they got to do that themselves, but what are some ways 
to subtly communicate and and get them to to try to start to think critically i think it's kind of you know i think there's an important aspect of you know i don't think you can practice it in collaboration if if you're if your partner doesn't want to collaborate, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think you can force it on someone, but I think it's one of those, those things that if you, if you want to, you know, kind of enhance it in your own life, you know, you can certainly use opportunities. Um, you can certainly use opportunities with, with your partner um, to practice for yourself. And maybe, you know, I, I don't want to say the rub off, but like, I think there's, there's an element of, of, of things kind of, organically working out um in that regard so like my wife and i have been together for 12 years and we started going out when um um when i was just started my phd and you know things were different then you know you know young love and 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 uh, everything was about fun and you know still very much kids in a way in our early 20s and you know didn't take anything too seriously, but, you know, over 12 years, you know, uh, we're married now. Uh, we, we have a little girl, all that, you know, real life has gotten in the way, you know, we have jobs and, you know, practical reality realities of life. And, you know, I, I think a lot of critical thinking, I guess, as I was saying, you know, sometimes it's a, it's an occupational hazard for me, but because I'm interested in it, my wife is interested in it and we talk about it. And we talk about topics that, you know, are important or that we care about. And we sit down and we, we converse about it, but we don't say, okay, we need to sit down and think critically about it. You know, it, it, it should be something that becomes part of the routine. It, it, it shouldn't be saying, it shouldn't be something that we have to say, oh, let's put our, our think, critical thinking hats on. If, if you care about a topic, if you care about an issue, that critical thinking should be happening you know, um, it, it should be coming about in, in itself. And, you know, you can recognize when, when it's happening, hopefully, you know, you know, with that, it, it's not something that, you know, happens kind of mindlessly, you know, it is a, um, it is something that you have to engage. But I, I think when, when you really care about a topic and you know, a reasonable solution uh, needs to be derived, I think you're more inclined to kind of leave emotion out of it and say, Hey, listen, we, we need to get this right. Cause there's a lot writing on it. So I think again, it, it, it's tough. I don't think you can push it on your partner, but I think if you, if you try and enhance it for yourself and you can become that example, I think, you know, I think it becomes part of, of that relationship dynamic. And regardless of whether or not they want to, you know, start practicing critical thinking. I think it kind of just organically happens on its own or, or, or so we hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there is a lot of value. Obviously we can't force this on other people. So I knew there's, there's not like some magic pill you give to your partner and suddenly they're open to it. But like a lot of things, just bringing up the idea or listening to this podcast, there's not like an easy fix of like, Hey, here's how you start critically thinking. But you just start thinking about critically thinking, it seems like, and, and taking that perspective and into our life and constantly reminding ourselves. And before we wrap up, I just want to, I want to ask you like for, for the, uh, the societal implications of 
of this, of the lack of critical thinking on all political sides. And it's, and then combined with the, you know, the bubbles created through the media and social media that just reinforce people's existing ideas. And it it seems like a, a rabbit hole we're going down and that there's not a lot of light on the tunnel to get people to open up and, and see different sides. So through your research and everything you're seeing, what do you think needs to happen in order to move forward in a healthier way where people are becoming more open to new ideas that don't maybe already fall into their existing paradigms? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, again, you know, there is no simple solution. And, you know, what, what I would kind of recommend is not, you know, it's not an easy fix. It's something that, you know, that takes time. And I think anyone who kind of tries to sell this idea of, you know, seven easy steps for thinking critically, you know, they're trying to sell something, you know what I mean? So there is no easy fix, but what I see, what I've been kind of seeing as problematic here is that it, it seems to me in the past 30 years or so, and, you know, I was kind of, I, I was politically minded, you know, when I was in, in my teen years, you know, I found it very interesting, the whole concept of political party and, and, and uh, you know, different sides and the like. And what always struck me was that, you know, I would always jump, jump between and I would, I would say, oh, well, I, you know, I like some of these ideas, but, you know, I like some of these ideas on the other side. And a lot of the, you know, peers I had and a lot of adults that I spoke with, I remember that during those times that, you know, no one really seemed terribly extreme one way or the other, right or left or, you know, whatever kind of party or whatever you're thinking about. Like, but it seems that it's become very extreme these days that, you know, the right is trying to eat the left and the left is trying to eat the right. And, and there's no kind of, um, there's no compromise. There's no middle ground anymore. It seems to me, and 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 maybe there is, but you know, maybe there are people in the middle, and and it just seems that maybe they're not the ones talking, and maybe they they are the ones doing the critical thinking. But the, the fact is, is that if the right was correct or the left was correct, um, it, it doesn't matter because you see, the thing about politics is is that no one's definitely right because if if one side was definitely correct then politics would cease to exist. The notion of actually having politics shows us that there's different perspectives on how government can or should be or whatever you want to say should be run. But the fact is that everyone values something different. And again, it's kind of down to this idea of value. And if we can kind of say to ourselves, well, I value this and I value that, well, you know what? Everyone's going to have a slight variance in, in, in their values. And, you know, everyone we have to say to ourselves is different. We have to, we have to kind of respect that in the sense that, you know, I am just one individual out of how many millions, billions, you know, out there. And, you know, I have to account for those other perspectives. And, and, and that's the tough thing in this day and age is that everyone is just assuming that people are with me or they're against me and there's no middle ground. Well, no, I think, you know, we have to treat kind of politics and, and this kind of, you know, whatever network we have out there as that everyone's trying to to ensure that, you know, everyone gets on well. You know, obviously there's more individualist perspectives, there's more collectivist um, 
perspectives. But the fact is, is that, you know, um, everyone's trying to, you know, achieve something. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, I guess, I guess the way of looking at it is, is that if we stay a bit open-minded, we're a little bit more open-minded and we recognize that other people are out there trying just as hard as we are to achieve similar goals, you know, what's, what's, what's the, you know, what's the harm kind of thing? You know, like we're all trying our best here. Let's, let's work together. Let's open a dialogue. Let's speak. Let's talk about it. And that's, that's what politics struck me as, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I think, you know, there was more, more opportunities, more willingness to, and engage in open dialogue like that. And, and, and now it just seems like a very kind of closed-minded perspective on, on things. And I think that's the biggest problem, that no one is willing to play devil's advocate and say, let me look at it from someone else's point of view. It is an extremely important skill to develop. And thank you for, for the research you're doing and, and for highlighting these ideas and, yeah, making us think critically about thinking critically <laughs> yeah, and that's that's I, I love how you describe that and i i i know you were winding it up but that's an important aspect of critical thinking we call critical thinking a metacognitive process and that's kind of uh, the foundation of it that we're thinking about thinking yeah it's an important thing to do and if we can cultivate that we're going to improve our individual lives and improve our relationships so hopefully this just got people, our listeners, thinking in this framework and, and developing this skill. So thank you, Chris, so much for coming on. We'll be sure to have the links to your book and your website in our show notes and in the podcast description. And we appreciate your time. Thanks for being Chase. Thanks a million, Sarah. Hey, Love Tribe. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the important links are on the show notes page on our website at idpodcast.com. And while you're over there, we hope you check out our 14 day happy couple challenge, as well as all the free resources we have on our website. And thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com